0: Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. Today we welcome Ryan Grisham from Mock Orange. They are back in the news a little bit recently. They announced a 20th anniversary tour for their much-loved Nines and Sixes album. Ryan and I talk about the band's changes, their high-profile producers they've worked with, about little Jay Robbins and Mark Trumbino, and how they were a Midwest band, but never really toured in the Midwest, and their life in Japan that kept them going. This band should be on your radar, and if they you haven't had a chance to check them out, please do so. Mock Orange should be your favorite band, and I hope it is after this episode. Finally, we've named the episode The Unknown Blur. You'll figure it out by the end. It's pretty funny and pretty beautiful. Thank you to Ryan for hanging out with Washed Up Emo, and thank you out there to all the Patreon supporters. You make this podcast possible. This is episode 136 of the Washed Up Emo podcast with Ryan Grisham from Mock Orange.
2: started out, you know, like really charged and like, all right, we're going to do this, you know, and we're all young and everything. And then, uh, you know, like as the years go by, you, you figure out that you're not, you're not like undefeatable and, and like you can't really do everything, you know, it, even though you put in a lot of work and stuff. But, uh, so I mean, it, it's just, we kind of look at it as like it's like a a never ending project that, that sometime it just, it just sinks for a little while, you know, and it kind of bobs up and down. And then when it, when it comes up a little bit or when somebody has an idea, you know, maybe to do a record or maybe to like just get together and like mess around with some songs or whatever, like that's just what happens. I mean, uh, that's pretty much about it. We, we, you know, we've never, uh, especially like uh, the, the, the breaking up the band, whole band breaking up thing, like never really came into question. I guess I, I have no idea why, but you know, it just, it just really never did. And, uh, and I think it is, it is kind of weird that we never really had that talk, but cause there've be, definitely been times where, you know, we, uh, we thought that that was going to happen. But um, it just never happened, man. I, I don't know. It's just, it just never did.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing to have that long of a time and be able to sort of pick up where you left off. And some bands can't even get one record done before they're, they're, they, fig- they haven't figured it out. So for you to sort of have this ebb and flow, maybe that is the best thing. You know, it always is, I think, with relationships to have other things that you're interested in with other people, Right. Like if you've got your other buddies that you're super into this, but then you've got your music thing. And I feel like it somehow, like I have a lot of music friends, but then I have friends that I literally will only talk about sports with. Like that is, it's the only, we don't even talk about music. I don't even want to. And it's sort of somehow, (laughs) it sort of somehow levels you out a little bit, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, it's almost a sort of, I don't want to get corny or anything, but it is kind of like a telepathic sort of like very specific thing with these guys. I mean, you know, I've just, we've known each other our whole lives. So it's, and we've been playing music our whole lives. So it, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, if I had, if I played with three other guys, it wouldn't be anywhere close. I mean, it just wouldn't be the same.
0: Yeah, and then when when you were growing up, like, how did you kind of find out about punk? Was it a lot of these guys that you would? Was it through your Was it through your band? Was it through friends? How did you get into punk?
2: Well, you know, we live in this really tiny town, Evansville, Indiana, and like uh, it, it's it was kind of out of necessity, really. It, uh, we we actually had a huge music scene around here. I mean, not a lot of big. Known bands came through, but the, the local scene was like, it, it was amazing when I was a teenager. And uh, we would just all, everybody was in bands, everybody was playing shows. And really back then, I, I think like there wasn't a, the, the distinction between, me and Zach were actually just talking about this the other day, that the, the distinction between the genres of music or, you know, the types of music all the bands would just play together. There wasn't really like, you know, there was punk and then there was like maybe, you know, some goth type stuff, some cure type stuff. And then there would be a band over here. That's like kind of a hardcore band and, you know, and um, yeah, that's, it it was just, we were saturated with it and everybody, it seemed like somebody was opening up a club like every other month. (laughs) So it was just really weird time, but, it was a uh, I mean, without that, I probably wouldn't have dove in like like I did,
0: yeah, and then do you remember the first time you heard the word emo uh,
2: <laughs> yeah uh i, I believe... don't
0: say it like that, Ryan,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, uh, you know, like we all know we know the emo thing, um basically, the first time I heard it was. You know, when I heard Sunny Day Real Estate 7, you know, for the first time, I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then somebody was like, yeah, man, there's this cool new emo band. And I was like, what's emo? <laughs> what do you, what, does that, what does that mean? You know, and uh, they're like, oh, it's like emotional music. And I'm like, I mean, and everybody, you know, what's the reply? You know, well, isn't, isn't Everything. all music? Yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, that, that was it. It sounds so cliche, but it's, it's true. I mean, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. And, and then after that, it's like, it seems like everything that was kind of that had a charge with it, or, or if you were excited on stage or you're doing something powerful, it's just, it's emo, you know, I, I don't know. And now it's something totally different, which I have no clue.
0: Because you were sort of tangentially into, you know, you're sort of outside into emo, but you were making music, but you were in a smaller town trying to find out about music. And what were some of those things that we were doing? Was there a record store? Was it maximum rock and roll? Like, how were, was it the touring bands that had distro? Like, how did you start to sort of hear about things that were happening and I'm leading up to sort of, you know, the nines and sixes record and sort of moving, you know, being able to sort of, uh, you know, progress that way. But early on, like how were you sort of like filling yourself with what was going on in punk?
2: Especially like in early times, like, I mean, there was, you know, there was nothing. Like, I mean, so mostly it was, it was going to shows. I mean, uh if we, you know, if somebody had a car that would make it to Louisville, Kentucky, we would drive to Louisville, Kentucky. And that's really where, like, the so-called emo scene around us was, was happening. Here, there, the, the emo thing wasn't a really a thing. Nobody even knew about it or even really cared about it. It's almost like we were in a little bubble or something. Um, but, yeah, it exclusively really, like... Just every weekend, shows. I mean, everybody was playing. Everybody was going to see everybody else. And then, like I said, when we could make it out of town, man, it was like, you know, we'd go see, like, Braid or, uh, you know, when I was first introduced to those guys. When I first saw him, I just, I lost my shit. I mean, I, you know, it was a whole different thing for me. So, you know, so, so then, yes. Then I had a taste of that, and then we came back, and we're like, "Wait a minute! There's this new thing, <laughs> you know?"
0: Yeah. So and
2: that's then, what
0: happened, really. I mean, I guess what, what 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 were some other bands? Like, obviously, I would totally agree. The first time seeing Braid, it was like, okay, they're on another level. They've figured yes. out what to do. They've like super smart and like the marketing wise, like Bob's like a steel trap with information. Like <laughs> you just saw it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you know, and before that, there was, you know, like, I mean, man, it's everything. Like, we just, we we all listen to, like, Misfits, So we listen to we anything we could get our, possibly get our hands on. I mean, it, but, you know, it was really, it was really that, and, and I don't know if, you know, this, this question, or the question you asked, if this is going to answer that, but... Really like the Louisville scene, like changed every single thing, and, and the bands, you know, Braid, Get Up Kids. I mean, just Link. There, uh, there was a band. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of. There was a band called Link, and and then Joan of Arc, and mm-hmm. just, and I know those guys weren't you know Louisville guys, but like that's where they came through, and it was real close to us.
0: I mean, so, I think um, I think if, if if people don't know, I think you know. Louisville was on the map in hardcore they might not think about it now but that was like you had to play there
2: yeah yeah it was a big place especially for you know all of us little little people around it um it was a hub you know for to be able to see that stuff like I said everybody's broke (laughs) nobody has vehicles that are capable of going to Chicago really and back, like, unless you're really lucky, but, uh, so yeah, it was, a, it was a big little place.
0: I think that that moment in time before the internet took hold, it, it sort of put, it put it in an interesting place. Um, the discovery of music, because you had, like, just like you said, you had to go to the show. You couldn't just sit oh, yeah. at home. You could not just sit at home and know what was going on.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. And it was a it was almost like a like a primal urge that you had to like once you saw anything, if you saw one thing, you're like, Oh my God, well if I if I see this one thing, then how much how much more is out there? You know what I mean? And so it becomes this like quest, you know, especially being young, you're just like you know, and the bands before that really like that led up to anything that happened, even going to Louisville. I mean, it was all like Dinosaur Jr., Super Chunk, Sebado. We, I mean, we just, we just ate up as much of it as we could. I mean, and it was, I don't know, it was just a really, I miss that time, not just the youth part of it, but I miss the, like the, the exploration part of it, like the, finding things like like little diamonds you know
0: i always talk about uh, it i say the unknown
2: yeah the unknown exactly
0: i loved like going somewhere i didn't know the opening band oh it ended up being you know mock orange cool now i'm obsessed with them and but (laughs) now it's like i'm gonna watch videos of you uh, on YouTube, and I think that's amazing too, because then I can be like, "Well, I didn't have to go see Mock Orange, did I?" You know, right. <laughs> save some time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's but, right. But that's yeah. that. I I I think the that moment in time, and for us to know both, is an interesting position within music discovery.
2: You know, once we had officially made the decision, I guess, to be like, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do, guys." You know, like we, we got on Lobster Records and, and we got, you know, we got a call from them. We thought it was a joke, you know, and we just got in a van and drove to California. (laughs) It was like, and that was, you know, that's just it. Like it's, yeah, it's, and, and like they did, uh, you know, Lobster Records, especially back then, they were, you know, I don't know really where Steve was coming from, the owner, but, like, he, he did have a decent team, and he did, um, you know, he was like, you guys need posters, and you guys need this, and we got to get you on CMJ, and we got to get you on college radio, and we're, like, we're just, like, four, like, 19 or, you know, 20-year-old kids, and we're just like, well, all right, man. Like, cool. <laughs> you know, and then when it stuff
0: started happening, it was like,
2: Wow, this is like this is really turning into a thing. Like for real, you
0: know? Yeah. So that was a big turning point then for them to say we're going to invest in you and you guys probably felt like it was a kick in the ass.
2: Yeah, man. Like it was uh it was the biggest trip of my life, really. I mean, it's like you, that was like that was the point. You know, it, it, there was There was a a label from California and, you know, they had, there's a band on there that we, you know, back then, you know, we were kind of, we were kind of pop punk kids for a while. Like we were really into the West coast, you know, pop punk thing for, you know, no effects, all that stuff. Um, But, you know, but there was the transition period, like I said, the braid thing. And that was when we were kind of moving into both of those
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and like, so, you know, there was like the mathy stuff and then there was pop punk stuff. And then there was the so-called emo stuff and all of that stuff. We just kind of were like, yeah, let's, let's see what we can, let's see what we can do with this. You know, we don't want to be a pop punk band. Like let's, you know, let's like do some crazy stuff. Let's see if we can. But, uh,
0: yeah. So that's great. I mean, I mean, we got to admit lobster records. That is a horrible label name. (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) You guys thought it was a joke when they called?
2: Well, we, you know, we sent, we, we made a CD, uh, we called the green CD and it was really just like, it was our first like attempt at like trying to figure out what we're trying to do, you know? And, uh, and we demoed our first record or we demoed nine to the sixes, uh, in Bloomington with our friend Chad Corley and it was just basically like on a. Cascam 388, you know, we just set up and busted it out. And uh, we sent that, you know, just out, and we sent it to them because, you know, they had Buck Wild, which was, and Sean Dewey, you know, he was in Lagwagon. Totally. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if man, blah, 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 you know, all the stories. And uh, one day we're just like hanging outside of my house, and then we get a phone call, and it's Steve from Lobster Records, and he's like, hey. <laughs> you guys are awesome. And we're like,
0: that okay, probably blew cool. your mind. It was,
2: yeah. I mean, at first we were kind of like leery a little, you know, because it was just like, okay, what's, what's the catch? Like what's happening here? You know? Cause we didn't, you know, but after talking and talk, you know, like getting to know him a little bit and had a few conversations, we were just like, holy shit, we're going like, like we're out, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were,
0: and then, so, so for you guys to be like, okay, we got a label. Did did anybody put something on hold? Like, did said someone have a job that was going to be maybe serious, or was everybody still kind of fucking off?
2: Uh, yeah, we're all fucking off. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, it, it, it's you know, right now, now it's totally obviously way different. <laughs> but like back back then, you know, everybody was skating or basically skating and playing music i mean the the obvious two things you do back then in the day. like <laughs> you skateboard and play music or you skateboard or play music you know it's like so that that was kind of the thing and uh we just kind of did both and then uh yeah and after that man it was just like uh, all right i guess we're going to try to be professional musicians now and like you know see what happens with that
0: how did it feel Uh, with those first (laughs) how did it feel with those first few tours the van tours the playing the 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 vfw halls like what was it as amazing as you thought it was going to be
2: no not at all not at (laughs) all (laughs) yeah you know I, i don't know what we thought was going to happen uh but after the record came out um we did you know, some of the shows that were set up after, you know, we had had a little touring time and it's circulated a little bit, got a little bit of airplay and all that, like the shows actually became especially on the west coast, uh, they they started to become more of a thing and like I remember, you know, probably at the peak of it, I mean we were just like holy crap like this is it, we're doing it, you know, like, this is it, look at all these people, like, they're going off, we're going off, like, everybody's going off, it's like, you know, but at the same time, you know, it was It's kind of like the West Coast, you know, like, California is like its own entity, mm-hmm. like, when it comes to certain things like that, so, and it's really funny, because we're from the Midwest, and, you know, I don't think we were ever really... Uh, accepted into the midwest Uh, well we didn't do a lot of touring around the midwest to i mean to be honest uh we we went to the a lot you know we went east coast west coast south and you know up in michigan around there that's that's basically like we we kind of stayed out of the midwest which is a really odd thing but that we just did i don't know
0: that's really funny. You're like, the one place that they're like, we could probably get some cred. Let's just avoid.
2: Yeah, what the hell, what the hell is that all about? You know?
0: Way to go, Steve at Lobster Records. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> totally. I mean, he's just like, he's like, all right, you guys, you're going to do this. And you guys should do this. And, you know, like, and we're just like, cool, let's do it. You know, let's do it. And I mean, we didn't know any different like
0: again it's that unknown. unknown it's that unknown you're just unknown, doing man. it yeah how did you oh, get man. how did you get with mark mark Trembino. so like okay let's say b- 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 before we get to that lobster records 98 nine sixes cmj all these things happening like you felt a little momentum like some people were there you guys all got together and said okay let's keep going right I know that happened, but records. like, was there any, like anyone like, was that like a, was that it? Like, I, I right. think I, I think I want to go do this. Or was everybody all in?
2: No, it was like, after that, it was like, all right, next record. You nice. know, cause I, I don't remember exact. I think we, we signed on for two records maybe at, lo, at Lobster. So we were, you know, we were expected to do a second and, <laughs> you know, really funny thing. Uh, it's like we put out this this record, nines and sixes, which, you know, I don't know where that where it came from. I don't know where the songs came from. I don't know how it happened. I just know that we practiced so much that when we went in the studio to do it, I mean, we literally it was literally like one or two takes of each song live. Wow! Like that's how we did that's how we did the record and we did, we over, we overdubbed vocals on it. I've, um, but like the music part of it, it was just so ingrained in us that we, you know, we didn't have to, we, we just showed up and we're like, well, what do you want us to do? You know? And, and then it was real funny because of the guys, you know, Angus, the guys and the who was recording it and they were just in the room and they're like, you know, we'd get done with a thing, and like you just see people cracking up and like hands up in the air and stuff like that, just like
1: like, who the hell are these little
2: punks, you know, like yeah, that's what it felt like, you know, yeah,, but, but we weren't what well, we weren't like you know, we weren't cocky at all, man, we were like we were the most we had no idea what was going on, like we were just like, was that good?
0: Do we need to do it again,
2: you know like.
0: Uh, but, and they, no, yeah. and uh, they were like, uh, yeah, no, we're fine. We're good.
2: <laughs> yeah, they were like, I mean, if you want to do it again, you can.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> you know, like, uh, but I don't, you know, we'd go back in there and we'd listen to it and we're like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You know, like, and it was just, it was a pretty, it was probably a little bit hilarious for them and we were like kind of really naive. So, like, you know, we didn't know we were just like, well, so I guess that's good, right? all right, are we gonna sing now yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: if there was video of that, I bet you guys would like laugh your ass off watching it,
2: oh, yeah, of course, of oh. course, I mean I and and like I said, man, I'm, in the band, like I'm probably like as far as like specifics and numbers and dates and all that stuff, like a lot of that stuff is really a blur. I know some people are like they can really go off on it, you know, like really nail down every single, like, you know, our bass player and our drummers, they're, they're just like, hey, remember that time when we were in uh, Cincinnati in that basement and that guy threw that cigarette
0: and, he, <laughs> you know,
2: blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Then. <laughs> were we in the same band? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were we? Was I there? Like, yeah. Yes, Ryan, you <laughs> played guitar and sang. Oh, well, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. I guess yeah. I was. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) So, how did you get with Mark Mark Trombino then?
2: Uh, Mark Trombino,
0: Joe. He 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 recorded the 2000 release, the record play, um, with you guys, right? uh, Yeah.
2: Yes, Um, Joe, our our guitarist Joe, he was kind of, not kind of. Well, he was the the nuts and bolts of the band. I mean, he. He was the guy who signed the papers. He was the guy who got, you know, who was moving and shaking and talking to everybody. And he was like kind of in the know, like what was going on musically. And, um, you know, they were big fans of Mark Trombino's drumming, you know, like especially Heath and, um, you know, and, and they were like, dude, all right, guys, we have to have Mark Trombino record this record. Like we, we have to have his name on the record. We've got to you know, do this. We have to do this. And I was kind of like, you know, I, I had heard, you know, it was drive like Jehu, right. That mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't a big fan. I, I mean, I wasn't a list, listener of, of that really, but like, you know, Heath was like, he was in love with it, but, uh, and he was like, yeah, we have to. And I was like, okay, well, you know, talk to Steve and see what, what we can do. And, uh, then we, Next thing we knew, we were like in Ojai, California, like sitting there having lunch with Mark Trombino, and I was like, "Wow, okay, cool." Wow. And I I don't know. We didn't we didn't have any like um we didn't have any material. I, I don't believe that he ha- that he was knew what he was coming into because you know that second record is completely different from the first record. Yep. Uh, and it's because of the emo, like, <laughs> that took over, like, in our brains. And I was like, uh, man, I, I just, you know, I, I kind of want to do a little bit more. I want to try to sing a little bit better. I want to focus on lyrics a little bit more. I want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, stuff like that. And, and he, and I think he thought we were going to do some more nines and sixes. So he was kind of pumped, you know, but, uh, But you know, all in all, really, like it—it came out pretty awesome. Like we all thought in in the end. I mean, there was a lot. It was a really difficult uh, recording, uh, like studio time, because you know we were dealing with things that we didn't have any idea about uh, from nines and sixes, like oh. I didn't know that I needed to have the music glow in my headphone and have one pulled off so that I can hit the notes. Right. I was just like, Tur- I was like, turn it up, man, turn it up. You know, keep, like, keep turning it up. You know? and, he's like, and, and, you know, I'm probably singing like, you know, a half a cent like sharp or flat on times. And, and man, I'm obsessive about that stuff. So like, I mean, I'm sure I was a pain in his ass like the whole time, man. <laughs> like, but, but you know, I I was just like, can we fix this? Like,
0: Oh my god, on? he probably yeah. He's like, you know what, guys? It's it's two thirty. I got here at two, but I think I, th- I think I think it's a wrap for today. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's
2: like, I hate you. <laughs> like, I don't really know. He was a really nice guy, and like, I you know, I have he was definitely super cool with us you know like do you and remember I knew that he was
0: do you I'll remember start. anything else He's- do you remember anything else from that like do you remember you know him saying certain things about songs or or uh you know giving you some advice or because being this you know this is a step up you just did this you know 9 and 6's records with turn it up man and then now it's like you're with a producer that worked with bands that you've looked up to and now you kind of have to listen and it's kind of a you're you're in a different environment right did you feel more pressure did you feel like what he was saying was like I don't know, I just feel like it, I'm sure it kind of threw you guys for a loop.
2: Yeah, well, you know, he took on a big production role of the whole thing because, you know, we were kind of, we were still raw, you know, we were still like, we have these ideas, and, and uh, he's like, he's like, all right, you know, check this out. And then, you know, he plays the Jimmy Eat World Record before the big one. Well, actually, I don't know which one it is, but it's the one that like blew them up,
0: bleed and, American before
2: it came. Yeah, so we're like, we're like, holy shit! <laughs> you know, <laughs> once we heard that, I was like, ah, well, okay. So how are we going to do that? But um, you know, ba- basically, I just remember what I remember is is that. Cause i still had a mindset of i had ideas but i couldn't convey them right because the only like terminology i had was from records that i had heard obviously like uh, i was like you know like so i want this i would really like this to be you know my voice to sound like i'm in a a big room with a lot of echo and you know kind of like a pixie's record you know and you know, like like Surfer Rosa, you know, he's just like screaming in this, you know, vacant room, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, no, <laughs> you know, like he's like, no, you don't want that. He's like, I'm going to tell you why, and then he he does, and and I was like, oh, okay, all right, well, let's 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 do what you're, you know, let's see what's up, you know, let's see what. Uh, <laughs>
0: I wish I had, like, a video of you guys at every, like, moment of, like, figuring it out. And then, like, the punchline is, like, you guys at one point being, like, you know what? Fuck you. You know? Like, we know. (laughs) Because you guys are. I know, man.
2: Yeah. I know. and And, you know, like. I don't know if the other guys in the band could <laughs> hear this. They're gonna be like, "God, Ryan, you should have been way cooler." But like, no, this I, is, I is much say, cooler.
0: This is much cooler, dude. I no one knows say, what the fuck was going on. No one did. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nobody did. And we thought we thought we were, you know, by that time we thought we were a little bit, you know, cool shit. Like, <laughs> like you know, okay, we're in a re- This is our second record, and we're in California again. <laughs> You
0: know, like... Guys, we we're on lobster records, so everyone needs to just back up. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, yeah. honestly, I'm not. Like, I think that that time period, those, that's what was happening. I mean, you guys were setting yourself up. And we are going to talk about the next record, too, you did with Jay Robbins. I mean, to do it on your own, figuring it out, that's what everybody does. Jimmy World did the same thing. And then now you have Mark Turbino helping you with the second record in a time when this word's about to be like everywhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, completely. It was, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, man, like it's, it's like something that you can't write. Like you can't, <laughs> you couldn't write the the things that how, how we came to be like anything. Like it's just, it's like like you just took it straight out of like i don't know some kind of fairy tale land or something that was just like oh and so you did this and then that led to this and then this happened and it was just like yeah that's how it happened yeah you know i mean you just had to work i mean it's like we weren't scared of i think the whole thing is you talk about the unknown I, we weren't scared of the unknown because we didn't know, like, you know, it's like we, the unknown was just normal. It was like every place is unknown, like to us. We show up at a place and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to get a flat tire. We don't know if, you know, like somebody's going to get sick. We don't know <laughs> anything, mm-hmm. you know? So it was just very normal. Yeah. Dude, it wh- it so- felt it right
0: yeah, no, I mean, it is it, it's and that's when you I mean, it, it, that's kind of like with work too. when you're when you're a little bit scared or you're a little bit out of your element, that's when you sort of get yourself together and progress instead of just doing the same thing every day, nine to five. You're kind of like you were doing that with the band, and I think all bands do that, but especially just the timing of what you guys were up to and when it was just i think almost it was it was funny because of where yeah. you guys were were at like was there anything else after the record came out um that you sort of felt or were there other things that you kind of saw happening that you didn't expect or you did expect
2: as as far as
0: Touring, uh, response to the record, uh, press. Like, was there any other things that were sort of popping out? Like, I would say, like, were there other press outlets that were paying attention to you now because of Trombino or because of just that's what the sound was at that like exact moment?
2: Yeah, you know, like, and this is going to sound really bad, but like the record play years. Uh, or you know years i say years i i don't know it was maybe like one or two years of touring for that record but like you know we like i'm not sure personally how much the trombino name helped i'm sure it helps in in some i mean i'm i'm sure it helped in some respects like it you know recorded by mark trombino like if you know who that is then you're going to give it a listen, you know, because back in you know back in the day, you look at the CDs. Who is this recorded by? Hmm, oh wow, cool, you know, or like, what label is this on? Oh wow, cool. Like, you just give it a spin because you're like, well, they're on, you know, they're on Discord, man. Like, you you mm-hmm. got to listen to it, you know. So, um yeah, and I'm sure it had numerous. I mean, I'm sure it was very helpful for us. But like I said you know, in my personal mind, like all I knew was that we were touring and you know, I'd get a little snippet here and there from Joe or and he'd be like be like, dude, you know, like he would say something about CMJ or record, or like, you know, getting on getting on a show, uh, you know, getting a placement on like some cheesy M T V show or something like that or you know, any you know, just a few things like that, and and that was a whole new thing for us, too. And I was just like, wow, you can make money from this, too? You know? It's like- yeah. Awesome. You know, money
0: is cool. You know, because those, those sinks made, made a huge difference. You said, you know, I was featured on the real world or I was featured on whatever dumb road rules show or whatever thing was on that it it actually helped in some regards when there was a tour or a press thing. I mean, it, it, it wasn't, I always, I know it didn't feel slow, but I guess now with how much crap flies at us all day. Um it did feel slow and, and, and in and in some respects you felt a little bit more um grounded to it when something small like that happened, you could you could feel the impact or the complete opposite. It was like all this stuff happened, we we're on CMJ and then I don't I don't I don't know what's going on. You know, it's like Exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. And that that's like, you know, ask anybody uh, that knows me like especially the guys in the band they're just like yeah he's j- he was just kind of there,
0: like yeah,
2: <laughs> you know like, and that's how that's that's how a lot of it felt to me i I remember a lot of specifics, um you know, just little things here and there, snippets, but uh a lot of it was also a, kind of a whirlwind of 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 just going and doing, I mean, you know, you made the record, and then the like, I had a four-track, cassette four-track in the studio, and I'm sitting in the lobby. We didn't have a last song for the record, and I was, like, sitting there writing the last song for the record while, you know, they were doing their parts, and I was, and then they would get done, and I'd be like, hey, come and listen to this, like, like, what do you think about this? And he'd be like, oh, that's awesome, and then we, then we had, like, a little practice room, we were like, Steve, we need a practice room, man, because we got a, we gotta record this demo to see if it works for us before we put it on the record. And he was like, "Whoa, that's crazy." Okay, like, and we're like, "Sorry, man. Like, it's just the way it is. Like, you know, it just kind of ha- this. We want to do this, and so uh, yeah, that was pretty wild.
0: That's Actually. cool. I, I love I that. Remembered that. See that's yeah. see this is what this podcast does, Ryan. It brings back, yeah, <laughs> brings back the brings memories, back the memories. Uh, and then you know, I think too to bring up, you know, working with Jay Robbins after Mark Trembino, um, like, like what what is it? Are you, are you guys like pavement? You know, are you on Discord? Like to be able <laughs> to have that back to back, you know, to do the record "Mind Is Not Brain" with Jay Robbins in you know two thousand two. Um, that's just I mean, I, I would be I would be pretty. Uh, I mean, were you guys nervous? Were you, were you, uh, you guys were riding high? What, what was the, what was the feeling? Do you remember?
2: Well, once again, uh, not, ni- you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a naive person. And like, I knew that, you know, I knew I heard Jay Robbins. I, you know, everybody's like Jay Robbins, Jay Robbins, you know, Joe, and they're going on, they're going on it, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, cool, you know, like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but see the thing that the thing that happened I think I want to kind of back up just a little bit I guess yeah. and, and say that like so we did we did uh, the blue record uh uh record play and after we did that I started I remember uh very vividly the moment when everything changed for me like musically and again you know it was like another braid uh it was another braid get up kids moment like where my whole paradigm shifted i guess and it was just like sitting in the back of a van or going somewhere you know sunny day real estate's playing real loud i'm in the very back of the van like and you know i'm he's singing this beautiful like falsetto thing that he does you know and and i just remember like kind of humming it, you know, and, and I was like, I can, I can, I think I can do something like that. Like I could sing, you know, like I started getting to the finer aspects of like, there's more, you know, there's more. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) that's when everything changed man because like you know people look at mock orange i think a lot of times and i've heard this a lot of times the first two records were mock orange and everything after was a completely different thing uh like a completely different band almost and and it's you know if you if you kind of line them all up and listen to a little bit of each one of them you're like wow like that's really different and and kind of weird and I don't know if I like it or I do like it or whatever. But uh, yeah, we left the emo, whatever that is. Like, I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> like, literally.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, so, I think, and then was that like, oh, three, oh, four? When did that? Yeah, I was around, a four. oh, Which, four, yeah. I, I... But that makes perfect sense, Ryan, because at that time, you know, that word was everywhere. It was starting to, you know it was just it was you know it wasn't sort of and it doesn't say it has to stay in the sunny day real estate world but it it definitely moved into a thing where you know the people in high school knew about it or there was a mall that sold something related to it and that's when it was like right. okay let me do something else and i think for you guys that was an interesting time to jump off because it could have been you guys could have stayed on the train and maybe you know, rode rode the wave a little bit, but for you guys to sort of turn and say, we want to do something else was an interesting decision.
2: Yeah. I had, I had a really strong, I I was like, I'm going here. Like, I hope you guys come with me. Like, that's how I felt about it. I was just like, and that sounds terrible, but like the, in my mind, you know, because, we recorded the first EP and that was the transition between and, and what a lot of people, you know, I don't hear, especially with most bands is their transition period of their demos and their like practices and their little snippets and all this stuff that happen in between records. You know, if you have any time between records and you're not touring like, you know, 300 days out of the year all the time, then you have a lot of time to contemplate things and and you know listen to things and work on your musicianship and work on your guitar playing, your songwriting, all that stuff. So um, yeah, and the, it started out as a joke song. I mean, I literally wrote a joke song on an acoustic guitar and I four tracked it and I I went over to Joe's house and I was like, "Oh, I'll listen to this," you know, <laughs> and he's like, he listened to it and I didn't get the I thought he was going to start cracking up but I, what I got from him was like wow man that's that's totally like that's totally different like it's, it, it I know it's it's silly he's like but it's different and I was like yeah it's kind of what I'm I I don't want to do this but it's like I want to see where we can take it electric like you know I want to see like how weird we can get with it and, I think that's uh, really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, for you guys to see the promised land—you not promised land, but you can see the uh, that this is—if you sound like X, this you have a shot to do X. But for them to turn and say, "I want to do this," and it's different, and to have the rest of the band be into it is really cool. And I think. I don't know maybe you guys would have burnt yourself out if you were trying that, and it wouldn't felt it wouldn't have felt uh right for everybody um and I know that everything happens for a reason, but I just think that's an interesting moment when you almost can see where this this thing is getting popular
2: yeah, I mean you know and i and I don't even think i mean really you know there's there's business in music there's business decisions. And there's creative decisions and, you know, it's the finding the balance between them. Uh, But sometimes there's just creative decisions without worrying about the repercussions of what that decision is just because, just because, I mean, uh, and, you know, I, I fully agree. I have agreed several times. (laughs) whenever somebody said like, you guys should have changed your name after the record play. And I'm like, well, that, that may be right. It may be wrong. I don't know, but we didn't. So.
0: I, I That's uh, interesting. I feel like, I think if a band has that name and it's the same dudes and you're making different music, it's like everybody wanting saves the day to just give them, you know, through being cool or, uh, you know, the, Like, stay what you are. Like, they're not going to keep doing that. They're going to do something different. Another band's going to maybe do. I just feel like you guys are all together. Might as well, you know, it just, I think it's fun to ride the roller coaster sometimes with a band. And it's fun, like you said, to have Trombino work on one or Jay to work on one and to be able to see what that does and not have an expectation or a thing of like, well, we need to do this. It was. It was more. You were letting yourself go a little bit.
2: Oh yeah, completely. And we sent those. I don't. I can't exactly remember how we got in contact with Jay Robbins, uh, but I believe you know it was the, when we did the first e- EP demos. He got a hold of those. I, I'm sure Joe sent them, or something happened. Um, but he wrote back, and he was just like, "This is." awesome i I just remember like when i heard that i was like it it felt like so good like you know it was like satisfying like oh wow j robin said this is so awesome he wants to record it you know like and so then we next thing you know it's like we end up at inner ear studios which is another like legendary place we all go in there and there's pictures are everywhere like all the bands like you know, and we're just like, I mean, we were there and like, you know, like Ian McKay, like actually came in there for just to, I think it was like to drop something off or something, but I mean,
0: I would have crap my pants. About like,
2: yeah. You want to talk about like, <laughs> you know, geek out moment, like uh, just for a second. But, uh, it was just a really, uh, you know, and then mine is not brain. The same thing we, I, we sent him since we had a, relationship with him a little bit from that first record we recorded the whole record in its entirety in my garage (laughs) and on a four track i put you know i like we were having like some bands um i don't know what was really going on at the time but there was a lot of uh there was a little bit of uh, weirdness in the band it was kind of like one of the down Like the under the water times, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, so, you know, I was like, I was like, all right, well, fuck you guys. Then basically like, I'm, we're doing, I'm going to do this. Like, and then Joe's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this too. And so we just, we just did it. We wrote the record. I played the drums, like played the bass. We switched off bass and like, we just did it. And then we brought it to the table and we and everybody was like holy crap and then we sent it to Jay and he was like yeah we have to do this like now like you know like, we're doing this and, wow uh, and that was that was the uh, that was the second one
0: and to think of like what energy you get from that
2: oh yeah it was uh <laughs> man it was uh it felt it felt so good because uh, I still didn't know how to express like a lot of things that I wanted because I knew like I didn't know the word lo fi back then. That, or like I didn't know the word like like I didn't know terms and especially with recording stuff. Like, you know, you get in there and you get all intimidated. You're like, Oh, there's like a forty eight channel board and this huge you know, all this stuff and like but Jay was awesome because, you know, he, he wanted to experiment. He that's all he wanted to do. He just he was like, "What are you thinking about on this? What are you thinking about on this? Like, do you want a tight drum sound? Or do you want like a big boomy sound? Or like, wow, you know, like, and you know, so I learned a whole lot, and I could communicate with him like so much better because he was he, he was truly into it. Like he he was part of the band actually. You know, like it's what it felt like like." that was the first time I ever felt that I didn't feel like alien alienated, you know, like in the studio
0: and you could, it was pretty cool. And you could, you, you you could trust him if you asked him something. Um, and, and you're right. He was that part of the band because he was so into it. And I think that's the piece sometimes, you know, with, with a producer, you know, you needed to find that connection. If he was wishy washy or you kind of didn't feel like he was into it, it would have had, you would have felt differently in the studio and that would have been the music that would have been how you were with your bandmates. That would have been, it just, it would have affected the whole record completely. So I think that's, yeah. that yeah, was think- really cool that you were able to pick up on that and then be able to communicate. Because I think, as you know, you're with relationships with the guys in the band, that's a relationship with the producer. And those are really important things that can't sort of just, uh well the music's this and this is what we're gonna make and we're gonna kind of force it and I think those things I think it you I think you can hear it if if that makes sense
2: yeah yeah I, I feel like that too I, and, I, and I and I you know looking back I wish I could have communicated even more because I felt like we could have you know but that's all that's everything in life yeah I guess, you know it's you know, but, but it's just one of those things where you're like, that was a really, that was like a turning point. I mean, I got my, I bought a three eight 380, Tascam 388 reel to reel like that when I was there and I was actually like dicking around with that thing whenever we were. Cause I mean, we, we stayed in, the, we, we were in the studio for 30 days, I believe Holy in shit. Uh, Maryland. Yeah. So we slept, uh, me and Joe, uh, slept in the studio because basically since since me and Joe did you know, we did a lot of like all of this stuff and then when Heath Heath came and, and Zach was there and they did their parts and then stayed for a while. And then they went back home and then we finished out, you know, the the other however many weeks, it was like two or three weeks maybe. Uh we we just lived there, man. I mean like <laughs> like and it was and it literally was like at points we thought we were going to go crazy i will i will admit that like all of us even jay like we were like oh my gosh, 30 days is so long you know like mm-hmm. but it was a beautiful studio and i mean we were just so lucky to be there but when i got that 388 i started writing other songs uh like just moving forward to the next thing that i wanted to do and i was like this is a whole new thing because it's like you know it feels like now i just have complete control and it sounds good Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so that's the next thing you know oh that's Uh, so
0: cool yeah how did it how how did this stuff come about with um japan being a spot that you guys hit like what was why why do you think that was an area that you guys had a little love from
2: well that goes back to lobster records (laughs) and uh we there was a show in uh tokyo and uh it was no effects and um uh Oh, my, my memory's gonna... Th- there were four bands, and it was like, no, like, No Effects was the big band, and then, uh... You know, we're all, like...
0: And you and guys were playing.
2: Re- yeah, there was another Fat Records band, and, uh... uh so, yeah, we, we played, uh, and... We're, he's like, you guys want to go to Japan? We're like, yeah, we're gonna... We want to go to Japan, of course, like, but that is insane, you know? I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. And, uh... So, like, uh, we went to Japan and, like, you, you, the wildest things, I mean, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't, I, I was not prepared. None of us were prepared for the the insanity that that happened <laughs> there and just how, like, culture, like, we were just culture shocked, man. We were just like, oh, my God. You know, that show was huge. And uh I mean just the the taste of that was like for us it was like, oh my god, we thought we knew something, but we don't know anything. So yeah, that that's how that happened. And then what, what happened at that show was um there were two guys from this band and they're called The Band Apart. Um and they're they're very Hugely successful in Japan. I mean, for years and years, just an indie, indie like funk. Just, I mean, everything, man. Like they're just, they just kick my ass. You know, it's like, um, but but those guys, and that was like in the AOL days. You know, like so we're like, we get this email when we get back home, uh, you know, on AOL, and it's like, Hi, this is Aichi from the Band Apart, and we saw you guys with no effects, and we want to bring you here. have a tour uh with our band the band part and we were just like yeah right you know like somebody's
0: yeah someone's fucking with you yeah
2: Yeah. but uh, through you know through back and forths and you know we finally got some like solid info and stuff and it was just like all right we're doing this man and like we developed i mean they're literally like they are our counterpart And, and it, and I don't know how that worked out, but you know, the language barrier was there, but it didn't matter. It was like, it was perfect. And we've been there seven times. What? We've been, yeah, we've been to Japan seven times throughout the years and um, we, I mean, they're like our brothers uh, and we just, you know, it's, It's one of those like bittersweet things, man. It's like they're so far away, you know. And but you know, every single time you go and see them and and we get to play shows together, it's like nothing really changed, you know. Uh, And and they're it's it's just awesome. I mean, you know, like they treat us so well and everything, and uh, yeah, that's how that happened.
0: That's amazing. I mean again to they randomly saw you they sent you an email you talk back and forth you want to do stuff you guys have done records together you know you've done some splits together uh right. like those you know those things um you know, lead to other other things and I think you know for you to just say like you guys they were they were us there and for you to have that connection I think is really rare
2: Yeah I mean it, it's really like one of those kind of mind like like it kind of messes with your mind a little bit you know you're like how can this be like this you know and it's but it was so natural like there was never a point where we were like i mean yeah sure the cultures and and the the differences everything was like i mean your senses were just firing like you know all the time it was just like overload but like but just those dudes you know like whenever you got one-on-one with, you know, like, like, a singer Takeshi, you know, you sit there and talk with him, and you actually have, like, a, a really awesome conversation about some deep things or, like, you know, just, like, interesting things or, and, you know, just them talking about America and what what's happening there and, like, you know, what we think about fucking George Bush and shit like that, like, and we're just, like, he's a, like fuck that dude, you know, like, and and they're like, yeah, you know, (laughs) we're like,
0: yeah, you
2: know, know? it's like, it's, it was awesome,
0: you know? I mean, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, to be able to, I mean, I was just thinking about you guys arriving in Japan and them having a sign, welcome Evansville, Indiana residents, you know, and, but for you guys, you know, but then, but for you guys to just, it wasn't the this is only the way and for you guys to be open. And I think at that age, of course, music is going to be that great fluid between because you've, you've connected already on music. So you're already in, it's like, you've already, you've already got that thing down and you can kind of move on and talk about things that are deeper. I always joke that if I see a certain band shirt, I'm already friends with them. We're probably already know each other somehow through other mutual friends. And let's like talk about some real stuff and i think right. that's that really beautiful thing about music that you guys are in completely opposite areas it's you're super far away it's already tomorrow there and you're able to connect and i think the that music part and for you guys to have that happen um is i mean i just feel like it's this you know, they're, they're, it's funny when you talk to some bands and they're just like, you know, I think the most recent one I'm thinking of is like Boy Sets Fire. They're always playing in Germany. Like they're just like absolutely adored in Germany. How cool is that? You get to go to this country, right. play in every godforsaken town in Germany and there's kids that are going to come out like, hell yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it is.
2: It's, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a a savior for, for bands uh, like, like us and, and, you know, bands that, of that, you know, I always had an idea of what making it was or like what success was or what it meant to me or, you know, and basically it just boiled down to, well, I don't want to have a job and I want to play music. I want that to be my job. Like, that's what I want. Um, But, you know, but you can't, you can only do what you can do. And, like, people either love it or they they kind of like it or they hate it. Like, I mean, it's just – and you just have to be friends with that. Like But the thing about, you know, overseas, you know, because we played in Europe too and, and we played – you know, we were welcomed fully in Germany. It was in Germany and it was really weird. I mean, uh, but, you know, like, that was mind is not brain time and it was just like, holy shit, there are people here. Look, there are more people here to see his play than at home <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. like um and and there and everybody's so much more grateful and just more like into I, I don't know i just feel like there's the overload the overload here is it's it's very real like i mean it's it's just you can see it if you just go overseas one time you can just come back here and be like i get it you know
0: what I mean? Like I understand. Or it, or it's sort of when you do come back and maybe that one city doesn't care or you'd had an off night or one night was cool. One night wasn't, it helps you round it out a little bit to be like, it's cool like we've got this other country that's into us or this other thing's going to happen. Like, it's almost like you're, you're, you're diversifying your, uh, you know, your punk rock 401k a little bit. You're sort of, you know, branching out and there's kids out there that will come and see you. And you might not think that you're going to have this quintessential, I'm going to tour America and play arenas, but that tour of Germany for you or that tour of Japan, You know, got you guys that enough cash to then go do that other thing. And I think sometimes that's sort of forgotten about in this world where everything feels so connected when you still need to, you know, put your boots down and go see them.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, you know, it's like I just saw Steve Mountain with some of the Jicks and like in Nashville. And that's where, you know, Zach sat in Nashville, our bass player and, and man. Like, you know, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, like I'm 40, I'm 40 years old. And I'm like, well, I'm 41 years old, actually. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I just turned 41. Uh, uh, But yeah, so I went out there and man, it's like, when we got there, we got in there, it's all packed. Steve Malcomus, like, you know, he just got on and I'm, and it just took me right back. Like to being young younger, being at a place, seeing somebody that you totally look up to and like everything was just right. You know what I mean? Like and you're just like this is what this is it. Like this is what you do. Yeah. This is what you should do. <laughs> you know, like and that's then, what it's about.
0: Yeah, and then being able in your you're you're comfortable because you're in that room. And you know that everyone else is thinking that.
2: Oh yeah, and and it's you don't even have to talk to. It's, you can just look around the room, and and people look around the room, and they're just like, everybody's here. There, we're all vibing on the same thing, man. And it's and it's this music that's coming off of the stage by this dude that we all love, and it's like, and it's just badass. I mean, like it, you know. There's no, there's not a whole lot of words really for it. It's just like a, just an experiential thing. I mean,
0: yeah, I, th- I think you're totally right. The, and that, and you feeling that, you know, you're totally right. It just, it brought you back. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up that, um, working with top shelf in 2016, um, which was kind of badass because top shelf, uh, when I started hearing about the emo revival, um, in, you know, uh, 08. Well, more oh nine ten and then it really started to pick up a little bit after that you know did you were you guys aware that they were you know definitely a label that was sort of you know picking off some really great records and obviously like amazing artwork like they just they were kind of doing it right um were you guys aware of them before they reached out
2: uh you know like again you know joe would be the guy who would have been aware of that and i'm sure zach and you know, maybe Heath, but because they followed music, they follow music a lot, lot harder than I do these days. Like I'm, I'm kind of like one of those guys. It's like, I like what I like, and if you bring me something that I like, then <laughs> right on. You know, like,
0: God, I have friends but, like you, Ryan. It's cool. I would just say, as Mock Orange, you guys were aware. It might not have been you, but like Joe or Z- or, 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 or Zach were were aware yes, because they yes. they were kind of up on what's going on.
2: Yes, they were, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, Joe I, Joe every now and then would say something about Top Shelf, and uh, he'd be like, oh, that band Toe's on there, remember Toe? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Japan, you know, like, yeah, that's awesome, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I don't really, like, that was a weird one when I came together, that was another blur, it was just, it was like there's a lot of blurs if you know
0: if <laughs> that's okay that's <laughs> you can okay. catch drip you know? yeah man no it's cool but i think you know for them to release that record and to have you know a, a current label that you know they also they worked with braid they worked with jazz june and then for them to kind of respect the history a little bit about the punk movement about what bands they were kind of dealing with i think was a cool giving back
2: oh it, yeah it was it was super awesome those guys were I mean they were super cool when we talked to them and you know we <laughs> we had gotten so far out in in our in in what we were writing, you know it's like it's like we're recording stuff ourselves and like mixing it like we have, there's two studios that we have now, and you know we me and Zach do a lot of stuff he's doing a lot of stuff in Nashville and it's like now we just have like this free reign to just go weird. You know what I mean? And, and do things that you just be like, Hey, let's try this. Put that microphone there. Like go, you know, just do some crazy stuff. And like, uh, you know, and then we, we hit them up with that and, uh, and they were like, yeah, this is, you know, this is cool. Like, this is different. This is, um, you know that's that's basically, you know, aside from them just being like, like super duper nice man. Like when we just hit it off right away, like when we talked on the phone, I was just like, oh yeah, you guys are just like us. That's like, the same thing <laughs> I know, felt
0: when I started talking to them. I was like, we would have hung out in the '90s. We would have hung out. Right. Where we just you would have been next to me at the show. It would have just been, right. and they they would have been running a label.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's what it felt
0: like. Um, for sure that's cool um and then you know for now you guys are doing the 20th anniversary for the nines and sixes record um was that was anyone had to twist your arm or it just happened to be that year and off that's just what it was um are you guys conscious about those anniversaries because they are coming up fast and furious
2: <laughs> yeah they are uh we you know they're the uh, ever since we made that big weird change after the, the record play, you know, like it, it's always been like a yearly, almost not a joke, but like a, like a Heath would always say something or he would like, we'd be at practice and he would play like this real fast thing from nines and sixes part or something. And and then we would just play a little bit of it and we'd like crack up because we can't play it because like our hands are not doing the right thing. And, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, and then for for years I was like I was like the asshole, you know, and I was like, I'm never playing that stuff again because, you know, if if we're at a show and I play something off of mind is not brain and then I go in and I play something off of nines and sixes, the first person or you know, the person people that are there to see us play, like, if they see that are they going to be like, is this like a joke band or are they like, I mean, what's their sound? You know, it's not cohesive. It's just like, cause everything's so different. Like, you know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I thought, I always thought about it. Like, you know, if super chunk can play their first or dinosaur junior, whoever can play their first record and play everything in between and something and stuff off their last record. And you would never be like, Oh, yeah, that's you know it's crazy how different it is because it's it is a little different, but it's it still works, and um it's just so in the way that I always thought about our music is', is like it's really different <laughs> I mean like between albums like it's it's just like it's like we had some kind of brain disorder or something like we're just like, well, here's this one okay you expect this one nope okay we're gonna do this one and then we're like we're gonna do this one and it just kept doing that you know and uh it was a really funny joke but anyways the nine and sixes thing uh that just kind of happens and uh recently and we were just jumping around about it we're like well i guess 20 years man you know like coming up uh nines and sixes you know Nine to twentieth anniversary. How does that sound? You know, like somebody yeah. said that or something. And I was like, ah, we, you know. And then so I, I talked to a couple of friends about it, and I just, you know, just kind of sat with it for a little bit and played the record and played along with the record and figured out my parts again because I had no idea what the parts were most mostly. And, um, yeah. And then it just came, it started coming together, man. And like, out of nowhere, it was just like, boom, like, here we go. And I was like, when, what happened? Like, so we're doing this. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh yeah, well we're doing, we're going to repress. Oh, we're going to repress. Oh, awesome. You know? Yeah. We're going to do hand screen records or record sleeves, you know, like, cause we have a, you know, we have a screen printing company here, um, me and my wife, and, like, we're like, yeah, we're going to screen our, you know, all this stuff, and we're going to do all this stuff, and it'll be, like, extra special and cool, and, you know, so it just turned into a big thing, man. And, That's great. Uh, we're, we're super, now we're, like, super, like, we're super amped on it, you know, like, it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things you never know until you, <laughs> you, you start going, you know. And then it takes a life of its own.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, well, I know that every you know there's a lot of people that are going to be excited for it, and I know there's some you know dates around it, and I think people will be stoked. But I'd you know lastly, what 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 is everybody else up to when you're not? Uh, trying to relearn nines and sixes or writing something completely weird for somebody else to try to think that is this, is this mock orange? So what, what are you guys <laughs> doing during, I mean, do you have guys, what are your day jobs? Like, are there things that you guys are, um, uh, if there are things that you guys have been, uh, you know, connecting on over, over the years outside from music? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, um, Heath, our drummer, he's a, he owns a uh, construction company um, with his brother, and uh, it's a you now they're they're extremely busy dudes. Um, you know, like I said, we have the the screen printing company, and it's just in the last you know four years or so, it's really just kind of taken on its own life, and we're like, wow, this is our job. Like we get to, you know, like we have a building in the back of our house, and like that's where our jobs at, and it's cool. And uh, Zach works for um, The Symphony In uh, Nashville Uh, He does He does shows He does Sound And things like that And uh, he records bands too Um, And um, And Joe uh, He's a Excellent bartender I like that And he's been doing Doing that for For years and years And he's I mean it's yeah, that's what we do, man, pretty I, much. And, I
0: love uh, it. And then uh, I know I know you said, I actually, I think I'm going to rename this episode The Unknown Blur because you were like, everything's a blur and it's been unknown, but that's cool. Like, I love that you've been able to kind of, you know, tap into some of these things. Mm-hmm. What's been the greatest part of, I think a dream for you guys you're still together you're still friends you're still making music you're still traveling and there's people that still want to see you what's been the greatest part of that dream?
2: the greatest part of of the dream of I don't know man It's it, the greatest part of this whole thing is that it, te- it it kind of sh- forces you to to be pre to be really present with every single step of what's happening. Even after you know, so much so that that's why the unknown blur. Like I, I like that's why I feel the blurs because everything went so fast and we were so in it that it's like when it's over it was like a dream or something but it the the greatest the greatest part is just having like being able to like we saw so much at such a young age we saw you know we've seen we've traveled like we got out of this little crappy town i mean i you know evansville is my home whatever (laughs) but we got out of here man and like We did a lot of stuff, and the fact that anybody is listening to us at all or has or, you know, has come up to us and told us, like, you know, has changed my life or, or, you know, anything like that. To hear things like that is like – you just never think you're going to hear things like that. I mean – and when you do, you don't really know how to react. You know, it's kind of like one of those – oh you caught me off guard there but thank you so much but wow like that's that's insane you know and and then there's a younger generation like you said now that's like they're getting into all of these old bands kind of like you know how we were getting into old bands when we were that age and and it just feels it feels a little bit surreal but uh yeah i don't that was a really weird answer but yeah it
0: was not at all ryan that was perfect That's perfect. That's what I mean. That's what I mean about like, you guys are in the moment. And I think there's a lot of bands I ask that question and they come up with some really answer. But yours was like, it was a blur, but we were in the moment at the time. So we were in, it's almost like you were enjoying it. And it was all happening around you. And when it ended, you're right, it felt like a dream.
2: Yeah. And I mean, and when I, and also when I say, uh, you know, like there, there was a lot of scariness about it too. And that's the whole, that was a whole part of it as well. You know, it's just, there's, there's the, the unknown is both fantastic and scary. <laughs> like, And, and, but, but still, it still made you be like right there and you had to be right there, especially when you're playing shows. Like if you're not there, then where are you at, man? I mean, like you're you're playing a show in front of people, and they're there to watch you play and play good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it kind of it kind of jerks you. it. It puts you back in that place of if there's five people here, 500, five hundred, five thousand. I'm going to be that same way because you're right. That band from what if what if you guys took the night off and the band apart? You know, you guys were obviously Japan, I mean, I would have been wired for like a month, but let's say you guys had a down day and the band apart saw you and they were like, well, that was kind of lame, but you know, for you to kind of, even though you didn't do that on purpose because of that, it's still this sort of, if you do that, things will happen.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you just ride out. I mean, and of course we, we did have bad days. Like, I mean, everybody has their bad shows just off, just an off day. But like, it was never a we we understood it they they understood so much that like we didn't even have to talk about it, you know. Like I was just like we get done with our little our set and I'm like Yeah man, I was shit you know, and they're like, Oh man, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's basically like you know, we got a show tomorrow. Like, you know, and I'm yeah. like You're right. We do. So like let's you know, let's hang out and you know, let's let's eat some Crazy Japanese food and like just you know hang out all night. You know,
0: yeah. And that's what's again. It goes back. That's you're hanging out all night. You're meeting friends, and you're the music will be there. But the friends you're going to be buddies with Heath and Joe and all those guys forever.
2: Yeah, it's the life experience, man. Like I, I just it's it's just like you know. I know it's a, it sounds a little cliche too, but man, like. The life experience, I'll never. I mean, it's it's the, that's the best part of it. It's just been this this wild experience of all of these things that happened to us, and and it's just like I couldn't make it up. Like, I mean, it's just so insane that you know I could talk to you for five years about it, <laughs> like, and still not touch on. It everything that happened, you know?
0: Yeah. And then I think that's a good thing to say. Like if you, that is an offshoot of a band, like you might be in a band and you might you do only, you only do one seven inch or maybe you do two records or whatever the the length is. But if you get out of your town and you play the East coast or you go to Europe once or you play London or you play or you get to go to Japan or you play Canada and you've, you've added that you're going to find that later Things that you happen during those times are going to help you in decisions with work things or decisions with life because you had that.
2: Yes, life, life. uh, It 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 makes it it changes your it it shifts your paradigm. I mean, it's it's completely. It makes you into a different it opens up things that would never, ever, ever have been there, you know, ever. Like there's bands still playing around here that have never been away from here. And I mean, that's awesome that they're playing and, uh, you know, it's but due to whatever their personal reasons are that they can't like, it's just like, you know, some people, you just, they're just like, I got to get out of here. There's that feeling, you know, yeah. I got to get out here. Like, and I was, like, not just me. We were all like that. But, you know, I was especially like that. I was like, I don't care I what we're going to do, but we got to get out of here, man. <laughs> and, you know, we did.
0: And you're, you're back home and you're still doing it. And I think that's really great. So that's awesome, Ryan. Dude, I'm stoked you took a little bit of time. I know it was a little bit over the hour, but I thought I just really wanted to get that point across because I think it is a cool... Moment for people to understand about a band's life—that it doesn't need to be this one thing. It can be many things, and you guys have gotten a lot out of this. And I think I—I th- I think a lot of listeners are going to take a lot from this.
2: Well, I'm glad, man. I—I I, I took a lot from it, as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm glad you—I'm glad you had me on, man.
0: Did you have fun?
2: Yeah, I really did. I really did. A lot of stuff came out of my mouth that I that I really didn't know what was going to come out of but it did yeah I'm excited that all of this stuff is happening actually at how it is happening I'm, I'm kind of like blown away by it so you know hopefully hopefully it just keeps rolling and the, we're going to keep doing
0: it the, the the unknown blur
2: the unknown blur man the cat is been there
1: telephone calls and to make it to the office